Chapter 1. Business as Usual I stood at the cell door staring. My adrenaline was still pumping. I had just slammed an ice pick into an inmate's neck that was in prison for beating his wife to a pulp in front of his daughter. One of the prison guards had exposed the grisly details. After I had stabbed him in the neck, my cell brother had thrown the ice pick over one of the buildings. It was sitting in the dirt on the other side of the fence, barely visible. Godwin, the wife-beater who terrorized his daughter, leaked blood in tiny rivers down his body and walked around in a daze until one of the prison guards noticed and hit the alarm. One of the guards called it in through his microphone, and the main gun tower responded by yelling through a microphone, Everyone down! Get down! Down on the ground flat! Don't move until we tell you! That's all it took. Over 100 white and Asian inmates immediately got on the ground, while the building guards ran out of five different buildings. Everyone watched a couple of guards sit Godwin on the ground. Then the medics came running. Then the gate to D-Yard opened, and another team of medics ran to Godwin with a stretcher. After a few minutes of studying his neck wound, they hoisted him onto the gurney and pushed him off the yard. We stayed on the ground watching for another 20 minutes before the inmate gang investigators, known as the IGI or Goon Squad, arrived with crime scene tape and cameras. They found some blood on the asphalt and took pictures but never set up the crime scene tape, probably because it wasn't a serious enough injury or they hadn't found a weapon. Next, the goon squad stripped every inmate naked for a brief search and took a statement in patches all over the yard. He got to us. After taking off my clothes and squatting and coughing, I got dressed again and answered. I was right here. I didn't see nothing. Damon had followed suit. The prison guards and goon squad had coordinated it so the inmates from one building at a time were escorted back to their building. I shook off the memory from a couple hours ago and stared out the cell at the wall underneath the gun tower. In red block letters it stated, Warning. No warning shots fired. Warden. Damon was on the top bunk behind me and asked, How long do you think we're going to be on lockdown for that? I looked at the gun tower. It was a bulletproof plexiglass that was tinted gray, but you could see two regular guards watching the yard. They were probably watching the other guards search for the weapon. I said, probably not more than a day or two. That wasn't very serious. No more than a bee sting. He's lucky we didn't make a handle for that ice pick. With a handle, the ice pick would have slammed deeper into his neck. Damon said, Your heart wasn't in it, was it? I shook my head that it wasn't. We had bigger problems to worry about. Nine months ago, our race, the white inmates, were beaten unconscious in a yard riot, outnumbered in a bad way by the Mexicans over an out-of-control drug debt. Seventeen white inmates were rushed off the yard on stretchers. Some needed facial reconstruction. Some had boot prints embedded in their faces. 
The white inmates only made up 8% of the prison population here. Another problem? One of the prison guards, a security escort by the name of Hart, was feeding us information and helping us with a few things. It was good and bad. He told us we had a notorious child molester who had 44 counts of penetration on God knew how many kids. We were waiting for him to furnish us the proof in the form of court paperwork.